the dance. I need to call Wendell. Help me out. Welcome everyone this morning to uh, our Sunday service. It's great to be together, isn't it? To worship God on such a beautiful day. I expected it to be raining this morning and I got up to pray uh, very early and uh, I got to watch the moon setting, the sun rising, the clouds drifting through the snowy mountains. It was unbelievable. And uh, today we're going to talk about prayer. I believe in prayer. I hope you do. And uh, this goes along with the series that we're doing right now called I Believe. And it fits with our theme for this year called I Believe. We're trying to get our faith and our belief to a new level. Amen. And uh, if you uh, remember over the last couple of weeks, these are some of the Sunday sermons we've heard. I Believe in Miracles. Peter did an amazing job with that. I believe in family. Uh, John Louis came and spoke, which was, I know, encouraging. And uh, last week, I believe dreams can come true. Wasn't that an awesome service last week? <laughs> Celebrating Black History Month. And uh, it's great to continue to grow our faith and continue to try to believe greater things uh, about God. And that's really my hope and my goal today, is that we are able to Make a decision in our lives today to take your prayer life to the next level. I got my son a a video game, Super Mario Brothers, for Christmas. Anyone ever played that game, Super Mario Brothers? I was the first kid on my block to have that new Nintendo gaming system when it first came out. And I wish I bought stock in the company or something like that way back then. But I was something of a celebrity in my neighborhood. because I was the only one that had Super Mario Brothers. So in the summer, everyone would come over and we'd all work on the game together. And we were trying to get to the next level, conquer this world so we could go to the next world so we could go to the next world. And it's amazing how much time people can spend on a video game. Hours and hours and hours just trying to get to the next level. And I just want to connect with you gamers in here this morning. I feel you because as I've gotten this new game, I was reminded how addicting video games can be, and my son and I have spent a few hours bonding, trying to get to the next level. How much time do you spend with God trying to get to the next level? My challenge for you and my goal, and this is the one thing that I hope that you can leave here with today, is I want to take my prayer life to the next level. Now, now in a crowd of this many people, everybody's going to be in a different place this morning in their prayer life. Some of us, maybe we're feeling really good about our prayer lives. It's really inspiring us, and that's great. And for some of us, maybe we feel like I, I, it's not going well. I don't even know what to say to God, and I'm not, I don't have the time to spend with God. But wherever you're at this morning, the goal is to take it to the next level. Amen? And we can all do that. Turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. And uh, this is a scripture in verse 21 that we've been utilizing a lot in our new Faith Principle series. It's one of my favorites in the Bible, and I want to share it with you here and um, allow it to convict our hearts about our relationship with God. Before we do that, let's uh, bow together and pray and ask God to bless our morning, and then uh, we'll continue. Father, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you for how you believe in us and how you desperately want a relationship with us. Father, how you value the time where we stop our days and, and we talk to you. And Father, I pray that as a, as a function of this lesson, 
we would have greater faith. We would have a more dynamic and exciting prayer life. Just a better relationship with you. Bless the sermon this morning. Allow it to, your, your words to really penetrate our hearts. And to help us to see you in new and exciting ways. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21. The Bible says here, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. This is a very challenging scripture because here we see Jesus challenges a, a, a prevalent thought that was happening in the first century. And it's actually equally prevalent today in our society today, in our religious world today. People believe that as long as you believe in Jesus, as long as you believe in your mind or have this cognitive understanding that Jesus is Lord, you're going to go to heaven. And Jesus, in his own words, says the contrary here in the Bible. And this is one of Jesus' foundational teachings. This is in the Sermon on the Mount. This is uh, one of the, the, the passages that's used the most in churches today. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And Jesus says very clearly, just because you call me Lord, just because you believe in me, in fact, the people he's speaking to here are extremely religious. And you know that because they were doing things for God. And he says, just because you call me Lord does not mean you're going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, for all of us this morning, it should be a little sobering because we think, well, what about me? I believe he's Lord. Will I make it to heaven? I think the, the, the really important issue that we read about here is found in verse 23. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. See, what Jesus was trying to teach his disciples and those that would follow him. And for us today, what Jesus wants us to know is he wants a relationship with you and I. He wants you to talk to him. He wants to talk to you. Want to spend some time together. But for a lot of people today, knowing God is not about a relationship. It's just about what we know up here. And, uh, I'm going to try to illustrate that by showing you some pictures. You guys ready for this? Who's that? It's a little dark. Sorry about that. Justin Bieber. Are you a believer? That's what they call fans of of Justin Bieber's believers. Now, I don't know much about Justin Bieber. The only reason I know anything about him is because my six-year-old daughter... I know, shameful. In kindergarten, this is what they talk about. Talk about Justin Bieber. Now, there's probably some things you know about Justin Bieber that I don't know. And I I bet some of you, well, let's just have a show. How many of you guys, you really are a fan of Justin Bieber? All right, they're they're, they're mostly centralized up here, as you notice. So I imagine there's some people up here that know a few things about Justin Bieber that I don't. How about this woman? Anyone know her? Condoleezza Rice. You might know some things about Condoleezza. You might know about her politics. You might know that she went to Stanford University. You might know that recently she was courted by the owners of the 49ers to run their organization. This is an amazing woman. 
Who's that guy? Who knows this guy? Blake Griffin. Blake Superior, they call him. That's his nickname. Because he rains dunks on people like crazy. Won the dunk contest last night. You might know some things about Blake. You might know that he went to Oklahoma University. You might know that one of his close friends from high school died this week. So you might know a lot of things about a lot of people, but there's a difference between knowing things about people and knowing people. And what Jesus is saying here in Matthew chapter 7 is, I want a relationship with you. I don't want you to know a lot of things about me. I want you to know me. I want to know you. And someday we're going to go before God in heaven and he's going to ask a question. Do I know you? Well, yeah, I know all about you, God. I heard about you on Sundays and I've got some scriptures memorized. And God says, yeah, but did we ever spend any time together? Do we have a relationship? Seven times Jesus says, and all we're going to do this morning is we're going to let these scriptures just kind of sit on our hearts this morning. Seven times Jesus says something very powerful and profound. There are no limits to the power of prayer except the limits of a man's faith. Why is it important that we continue to focus on faith, that we continue to focus on I believe? Because there are no limits to your prayer life except for the limits of your faith. There are no limits to your faith except for the limits that you put on your relationship with God. And if we make our relationship with God in our lives about knowledge, alone, set apart from anything else, just about a belief system, but we don't have a deep relationship with God that resonates, then we'll say, Lord, Lord, and we'll say, God, look at the things I did. But God wants to know, do I know you? Do you know me? Do we have a relationship? Turn over to Matthew 21. We'll look at some of these scriptures here this morning. Matthew 21, verse 18, early in the morning, as he was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, may you never bear fruit again. Immediately, the tree withered. When the disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly? They said, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, But also you can say to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Two times Jesus says it here, have faith in God. If you believe, it will happen. What will happen? You will receive what you ask for in prayer. I want to show you this version here, the contemporary English version. But Jesus said to them, if you have faith and don't doubt, I promise that you can do what I did to this tree and you will be able to do even more. You can tell this mountain to get up and jump into the sea and it will. Now, how many of us have tried this? I've confessed that I've tried it. 
See the, the San Gabriels over here? And I believe, Jesus, that you have the power for this mountain to be uprooted and to go all the way over to Orange County and drop into the sea. And the news headlines will happen. There's a mountain in the ocean. How did it happen? And they'll come find me. It was by faith that it happened. It was by faith that that mountain was uprooted and put into the sea. We're going to talk about that a little bit. The prayer to faith ratio. How is your faith this morning? Well, actually, see, prayer and faith are inseparably linked. And that's what Jesus is talking about here. What is your prayer life like? What do you ask God for? What do you believe can happen? What do you believe can happen this year in the church? What are your big prayers? And I appreciate the, the, the lesson of big prayers. I remember the first time Peter talked about, what do you pray for? And he talked about praying for losing your wallet, losing your keys, getting a good grade on your test, praying that that light would be green so you can get to work on time. And I thought, man, that's, that's kind of like my prayer life. There's not a lot of big prayers in there. But to believe much in God is to expect much of God. To believe much of God is to expect much of God. And therefore, these things are true. Where there is great faith, there is much prayer. Where there's great faith, there is much prayer. Where there's little faith, there is little prayer. How is your prayer life this morning? Where there is no faith, there is no prayer. There simply is no way that we can spend time, significant time with God every day and lack faith. See, when you spend time with God, when you go out this morning and you walk as, as the sun's coming up and you look at the creation of the Almighty. And there's mountains in your life and there's doubts and there's things going on. The more time you spend with God, the more the mountains melt away. The more you believe God can do anything. He can do anything. But do you believe that? How is your faith this morning? If you have faith when you pray, you will be given whatever you ask for. That's what Jesus says. Whatever you ask for. Wow. That sounds pretty cool. That sounds kind of like this guy, doesn't it? I can get whatever I want. And that's when we start praying for crazy things like the lottery ticket and, you know, the perfect man or woman that really doesn't exist and... We start praying for things that are, have more to do with God being like a genie than God being the God of the scriptures. You know what I'm saying? Because what would really happen if that mountain moved to the sea? I mean, let's just play it out. What would physically happen to our earth? Tsunami? Lots of people dead? Not sure that's what God wants. I mean, I'm not sure. Just because you move... But, but see, that's what we can do with a scripture like this, is we can take it and, and make it something that it's not really about. What does God really want you to believe? There is no mountain too big. You can do even more through prayer, God says. Eloquent men in speech are able to move other men. But it is a man or a woman who knows how to pray in faith who is able to move God. Are you able to move God with your prayers? A man or a woman of faith. That doesn't just happen. It doesn't happen by accident. 
It happens by function of a relationship. Because let's be honest, why should God give us something when we have not even the time or the courage to ask for it? I really want to see God do this, but I I just don't pray much about it. I'd love to see my family become disciples, but I don't even ask God because I don't really believe. I, I see the obstacles. I see the challenges. I see the religiosity. I see where they live. And I just think, you know, I don't know. Why even put it out there? See, that's where I've been at personally. There have been situations in my life that I have lacked the courage to just ask God. I've lacked the faith. I've lacked the conviction. My question to you this morning are, what are the areas that cause you to doubt? What are the things that are the mountains? What are the things that you excuse or explain away? Well, I probably shouldn't ask God for that because maybe my motives aren't right. Maybe he won't answer. I'm actually very encouraged when my kids ask me for things that... They probably shouldn't. Hey, Daddy, can I have that toy? I look at him like, are you crazy? There's no way you're getting that toy. My son last year, he, was, he won an iPod for Christmas. Seven years old, six years old. I was like, why do you want an iPod? Well, that's what my friends want. He doesn't even know what it is. <laughs> he just knows everyone's asking for an iPod, so that's what he wants. And it helps me to connect, actually, with my children when they ask me for absurd things. Because I go, I know where they're coming from. In fact, sometimes family devotionals are inspired by the crazy things my kids ask for. Or the poor attitudes with which they ask. And we go, you know, we we need to talk about that as a family this week. We need to spend some time with God and talking about and, you know, role-playing for our kids and helping them to understand And see, I think in some ways God's very encouraged when you're honest with him. Even when stuff comes out of your heart that you go, I don't know if I should ask for this or that. Hey, it's in there anyway. You might as well bring it before God. God's able to direct you and work with you to understand what his will is. Let's look over at Mark chapter 11. This is the companion scripture for Matthew 21. It's very similar And I believe that this message is in the Bible over and over again to help us, to convince us that God really does want a relationship with us, a relationship that's based on faith, a relationship that's close, a relationship built on trust. And so in Mark chapter 11, we read the the very same companion passage, we read beginning in verse 22, have faith in God, Jesus answered. I tell you the truth, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will happen, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins. And what does Jesus say here? He says, have faith. Believe in a big God. What causes you to doubt? I heard an evangelist say at the beginning of the year this year, he got up preaching a message. He said, I want to tell you something. I was convinced a long time ago to never doubt Jesus at his word. 
And when I heard that, I was kind of cynical, to be honest with you. I thought, you, you never doubt Jesus. You never doubt. You just always accept. And, and then in that same moment, I just thought, how cynical and faithless is that? Who, if there's anyone we can trust, who should it be? It should be Jesus. And I realized, you know, I do doubt Jesus. I do struggle to believe Jesus at his word. When Jesus says something, do you believe it? Do you trust it? Jesus is the one we can trust. He's the one that we can go to. You're not just going to walk up to a stranger and say, hey, here's my uh, bank account number. Can you handle my finances for me? You're going to entrust that to a professional, right? Or how about to babysit your kids? Hey, can you come over? I can't find a babysitter. I just met you, but can you come watch my kids? Not going to happen. But if there's anybody we can trust, it must be Jesus. What scriptures do you read in the morning that you go, you know, I just don't know if that's true. I just don't know if I believe. See, those are the things that we can work out through prayer. Those are the things when you spend time with God, your heart can change. Your mind can change. Your attitude can change. You can become a different man, a different woman. If you do not doubt in your heart, but you believe what he says. How many of us have seen this commercial? It's Darth Vader there. (laughs) Trying to do something with the force. You guys saw that one? Very clever commercial, right? And we're not going to watch the whole commercial now, but. There he is again, trying to make the baby do something. Sorry if that's a little washed out. This is what we can think faith is sometimes. You know, I'm going to move something physically. God wants you to move spiritually. God wants to win a spiritual battle in your life. God wants to win the battle over doubt. God wants to win the battle that, that, that somehow we can compartmentalize him into something small when he's so huge. He can do so much. He doesn't want you to try to move that mountain physically. He wants you to move the spiritual mountains that are stopping you in your life. What are they this morning? What are they? Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Do not doubt in your heart what God can do. It will be done for you. And James reinforces this. You can go read this uh, maybe in your quiet time tomorrow just to kind of reflect on the message. James 1, verses 2 through 8. talks about a man who asks God for something but doesn't really believe it can happen. He says it's like a double-minded man. It's like a man who's just kind of blown around by the waves of the ocean but doesn't have an anchor for the soul like you just sang about. Anchor for the soul. You like that song? Pretty catchy. Nice to sing. But is it your reality? Do you have an anchor for your soul? A God that's real, that's true, that you pray to, that you believe in? Or do you go and ask God for things that you're like, I don't know if it's going to happen. I'll just kind of put it out there and see. Maybe. Hopefully. With a confidence. God wants to work in your life. He loves you. He talks in verse 25 about forgiveness. I've heard it said, and I believe it, that there are only two things that we can be like God that are the hardest to be. One is unconditional love, and the second is forgiving. 
Isn't it so counter to your nature to be forgiving? When someone wrongs you or hurts you, what do you want to do to them? You want to slap them, right? I mean, something. That's our human nature coming out. But forgiveness. Jesus says, you want your prayers to be heard. You want to pray a prayer of faith. And when you pray, think about the wrong that's been done to you and forgive it. Don't let there be any bitterness that's grown into your heart. Don't let there be any obstacle in your attitude. Because look at the example of Jesus. And many of us, we heard this message again this week. The cross and grace. We heard what Jesus has done for us. If there had been no Gethsemane, no place where Jesus agonized in prayer, there would have been no Calvary. There would have been no cross. There would be no forgiveness. It didn't happen by accident. Jesus didn't want to go to the cross. He wanted there to be another way. God, give me plan B or C or something, but I don't want to die like that. Brothers and sisters, where are your Gethsemanes? Where do you go to agonize in prayer? Intensity or agonizing prayer as that of a prayer warrior is very different from the now I lay me down to sleep kind of prayer offered by many. Where is your prayer life at this morning? A couple years ago, I did a a similar lesson. I want to show you a video I showed at that time. It's about prayer. And it's about how very shallow we can be in our prayer lives. And it's funny, but I want it to convict us. How is your prayer life? How much time do you spend with God? There is a new Christian. So to help him pray, we've hired that super pastor guy you see on TV. God, please help my marriage. We're just really struggling right now. Oh, Heavenly Father, He who has created all things, makes the sun and moon rise at His command. I beseech you, take this woman that you've given to me as a helpmate and bring her to her senses that we might abide together forever in a purpose-driven marriage. God, I'm really frustrated at work. Help me find a new job. I ask you now, in this area of employment, thee who gives me the sustenance in an employer fashion, please guide me to something, if it be your will, that would bring you glory. My kids are driving me crazy. I I don't know what to do. You just help me out. You have blessed me also with many young saplings. And I ask it this day that you would help me and my helpmate to raise them in the way of your word. Amen, God. And now I end this time with you, Lord, bowing before you, giving you all that you deserve in sacrifice and in sacrament. Let it be known that the Alpha Omega is pleased. Amen. God, go. Real people, real prayers. Wonder if that's what we're hoping for sometime. Hire a super pastor to pray for us. To say things that sound good, sound godly. Turn to John chapter 14. My hope is that this morning we'll make a decision to believe in prayer. To believe that prayer makes a difference. That our relationship with God can be incredible. We're going to read here John chapter 14, verse 5. 
Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, don't you know me? Philip, even after I've been among you for such a long time, anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. How could you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. What is the issue? What is the problem that Philip has here? Jesus addresses it twice in this scripture. Verse 7, if you really knew me, Philip, you would not have this doubt. And again in verse 9, don't you know me? Don't you know me, Philip? I mean, we've been hanging out for years. And for some of us this morning, I hope this really convicts us because very plainly, there are things we doubt about God. And Jesus is making his appeal to us this morning. He's saying, look, you've been a disciple for years. We've been together for years. How can you doubt? Matthew chapter 7, I never knew you. Jesus talking to Philip, don't you know me? Jesus talking to Philip, Philip, believe at least in the miracles themselves. Ask whatever you want. You'll do even greater things. Do you believe that today? See, if we believe in a great God, if we believe in a big God, we're going to pray big things. I've been really convicted this year personally because I haven't had those kinds of prayers. I look back the last couple of years and I just see my prayer life has just been been inconsistent at times it's been great at times it's been poor and so i made a decision this at, at the beginning of this year i'm going to get up when it's dark and i'm going to go pray and let me tell you making that decision in january ain't easy it's cold outside it's cold out at five in the morning and i've gotten up every morning between five and five thirty to go spend significant time with god except for about two or three days Initially, it's hard. You make that commitment and you get up and you're like, oh, my gosh. But I can tell you, over the last couple of weeks, it's been the most exciting part of my day. I wake up in the morning and it's early. But I'm like, I get to go be with God. This is the time I need. This is the fuel for my day. I'm going to lay my request at his feet. There's been mornings when I wake up very faithless. Doubting things I was convinced of the day before. I go, God, I need to be back with you again. I gotta get, I've got to be reconvinced. I need you so bad. And I'm sure there's times that God thinks this about me. Man, don't you know me, Josh? Even after so many years, even after 16 years, don't you know me yet? And I was praying this morning just how grateful I am to God that he's been so patient with me. He still meets me every morning. He still meets me every day in the car when I turn my radio off and start talking to him. 
He's just waiting. He wants to spend time with his son. What good father wouldn't? And that's what I need. John chapter 15. Let's be finishing up our study this morning here. John chapter 15. We're going to find the final time. Jesus says this thing. You know, it's funny. Jesus didn't say repent, be baptized seven times. But we know it's true. Why does he say this over and over and over and over and over again? We need to hear it. We need to believe in prayer. and We need to rely on it in our relationship with God. John chapter 15, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. It will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Let's be reminded and refreshed again. Jesus says the same thing again here in John 15. Ask whatever you wish. What do you really want to see God do in your life? What mountain do you really want to see moved? What family member do you really want to see become a disciple? What big prayer are you offering up to God? What way do you really want God to use your life? What vision do you have for God? Where's your faith at this morning? Is it big or little? Is it great or is it small? And what decision could you make today? What one thing could you do to grow and to change? You know, Jesus says here, if, if my words remain in you. Now, I want to invite you, if you're visiting with us today, to study the Bible. Because, again, we can grow up, and, and if you're like me, you grew up going to church all your life. But it was just something you did on Sunday. The words weren't really in there. You don't really know the Bible that well. I want to invite you to sign up for Women's Day today, if you haven't, and you're a woman here today. Is one of the most inspiring times. I snuck into a Women's Day once, just once. I snuck in. So I know I, I can speak from experience. Because uh, my wife was speaking and she was, she was sharing her life and her mom was sharing her life with her. Sharing about how she became a Christian. And Stacy was sharing about how she had invited her mom to come for eight years. She came to every Women's Day, but never wanted to study the Bible. And then just a couple of years later, Stacy could share with her mom at Women's Day about her mom's conversion and how her life changed. It's incredible. So I snuck in and I listened to that one a little bit. I thought, this is amazing. God can do amazing things. If we would just step out on faith. If we would be consistent in prayer. And he knows. He knows the things we're serious about. And the things we're not so serious about. Foundations of prayer this morning. Allow these passages. Ask whatever you wish. Ask whatever you want. Do not doubt. Allow these passages to become foundations in your quiet times. To be ingrained in your soul. Quote them often. Say them often. Think about them often. Over and over and over. Think, God, you can do anything. Use this as a base of your prayer life. You say, okay, I want to make a change this week. Read over these scriptures before you pray. Be refreshed. Be reminded. 
it will alter the course of your life. Take your prayer life to the next level this morning. Make a decision today. Let's finish by be reminding of this scripture as we get our hearts prepared for the communion. Mark chapter 11, verse 25. When you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive him. Forgive her. So that your Father in heaven may forgive you your sins. You know how badly God wants a relationship with you and I? He wants to forgive your sin. He wants to eliminate the barrier that stands between you and him. He wants it to be gone. He wants it to be gone as soon as possible. And he wants you to be a light in this world. He wants you to be that light on the hill. When you're wronged, when someone hurts you, you don't respond in kind. You're different. You forgive. You do something that nobody does. You forgive. You overlook an offense. It is to your credit, the Bible says, to do that. Why? Because it's reflective of Jesus Christ. And people look at that and they go, man, you're weird. Wow, you're different. That's not how I would react. That's not how I would respond. And you can share with them, you know, that's not how I would react or respond either. But that's what Jesus has done for me. He died on the cross. He allowed his body to be butchered. He allowed himself to be separated from God. He knows what it feels like. He allowed himself to be separated from God so that I could be connected to him. How else can I respond except to continue to forgive? And as we bring this message of forgiveness to our area, as we bring the message of healed marriages to the East San Gabriel Valley, of of healthy families, of, of, of men and women in college who actually really live for Jesus instead of just saying, Lord, Lord, the light will shine bright. Our faith will grow. Our prayer life, 30 minutes won't be long enough. 45 minutes, it won't be enough. An hour, I need more. Two hours on a good day. But when the day's really busy, I need three. That's what a famous preacher once said. On my really busy days, I tend to pray less. How about you? He says, man, I need need God even more in those days. And so I want to challenge you. You may not be at the one-hour level. You may not be at the 15-minute level. Just take it to the next level. Make a decision this morning as you take the bread and the cup. Jesus' sacrifice will not be lost on me. It will not be lost on me. I will not doubt Jesus at his word. I will accept his forgiveness, and I will be just like him. I will be a light to a lost world. Let's bow our heads together. Almighty God, thank you so much.